0: Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm here this morning, my close as usual, Aiden.
1: As it, guys? The international break couldn't have come at the worst time, with Arsenal you know, showing good vein of form and players showing good uh, momentum. But it seemed like we came back with a few knocks to players and um, taking on two crucial games, one against Liverpool and against Slavia Prague. Yeah,
0: the much-awaited English uh, classic Arsenal was Liverpool. With Arsenal going into the game, you know, without Smith-Rowe and uh, Bukayo Saka, uh, you know, with the mm-hmm. upcoming game against Sarve, Prague in mind, I mean, many of the fans also felt, uh, you know, was it worth the risk, you know, dropping these two players. Uh, then, of course, on match day, uh, no Grana Jaka either due to illness. He was replaced by uh, Danny Sebayos, while David Luiz set this one out after picking up an injury in training. So, and also, I think, immediately going under operation. Which uh with that surgery, I think it takes him now into probably uh, you know being out for the rest of the season. Which was, I mean, not that he's like the most uh, reliable, but I think he's the most experienced, and it normally brings it into these uh, you know big games. But yes, the game kicks off. Both sides kind of cautious. Uh, Ten minutes in, nothing really interesting happening, uh, and then of course Liverpool starts. Of, Almost like kind of size up Arsenal, noticing we were kind of sitting way deeper, and I think that was almost like or, or, I think the game plan already came into play in that but, you know sizing us up like that. And I mean, the more they they start coming forward at us for some reason, we decided to take the you know the the, the route of parking the bus early on in the game.
1: I, I think I just had like Liverpool. if You're gonna allow them to to dictate like that. You're gonna set yourself, you know. um back already and uh, the, Danny Ceballos coming in with Thomas Partey, I just didn't think I felt comfortable with that um, combination, especially with the, how, how strong Liverpool's midfield has become with Fabinho moving back into the um, heart of the midfield once again.
0: What, what I really found, you know, was happening was Liverpool were like doubling up on, on the red and He was losing the ball time the time of
1: the day. Yeah, I, I think Fabio struggles against Liverpool. There was a when was at that time. He said that he, he felt scared playing against Liverpool. or at this I think his first game where he played for Arsenal or something like that. Yeah.
0: So I mean, by the 15 minutes, for me, he already as the first kind of uh, sighter taking us at the odd, and I think he just whistles over the ball. Then, four minutes later, Liverpool, you know, really sitting at the pace of the tempo of their passing. And Arsenal, besides now, you know, just, uh, you know, sitting and parking the bus, we're now all of a sudden chasing shadows because we're not really getting any sort of position back, winning the ball back. Liverpool are knocking the, the you know, the ball above. And we almost like just chasing shadows. And I'm thinking to myself, or even I think the commentators also mentioned, Arsenal couldn't even string like five passes in a row to each other without losing the ball.
1: I also think, um, shame, poor Martin Odegaard was, was trying to do a lone press because every time he was trying to press, the other front three wasn't really helping him in the situation.
0: I remember by the 24th minute, there was also a shocking step of, uh, uh, like I said, only touching the ball in the first 25 minutes, three times.
1: Oh, that's, that's that's quite hectic. I knew, I never knew about that stat. It just shows how Liverpool boxed Arsenal in and didn't allow us any breathing room. And I think it's suffocating us. It's almost like our ways against the bigger clubs now are slowly starting to you know not work against the Liverpools and Manchester. It's like they figured him out. I two minutes uh, Liverpool
0: Liverpool already up to seventy percent position while Arsenal were you know ailing at, at the thirty percent mark. Uh, Most Arsenal ventures going forward really fizzled fizzled out in the final third, with Odegaard struggling, as you said, fighting a lone fight up front, with Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe all anonymous.
1: Yeah, It's really a problem, uh, Aubameyang, at the moment on the left. For me, it's just, it seems like, you know, that that, that part of his game is slowly starting to fizzle out, almost like Ronaldo, you know, when he had to kind of adjust his game and Obameyang would probably have to move to the center if you want to keep him on at the club.
0: And I mean, what I've noticed also in the last few weeks, it's like, look, there's talk of, of, say, replacing Lacazette or, you know, being open to the option of, of, of selling Obameyang. Uh, but I mean, when you watch the two of them, when in, in, in sprint, and I put that in equals it's like you're watching two guys It's are, like, really laboured. And, you know, when you, when you when you flip the script and you hear sort of people say, like, if anybody now watched the last few games of PSG in the Champions League, or when you see, when, when, say, PSG, you've got Mbappe, you know, speeding down the one side, you've got Neymar or whoever, you know, bulleting down the middle of the park, and then you still have somebody outside, right? But, I mean, with us, everything is so laboured, and, and, I mean, when the ball does go, say, to someone like Pepe, He's always like, having an urge to cut inside to do something, which should, of course gets him doubled up. And I mean, I think the likes of Obama and and that they get, you know, uh, kind of walled in by most defenders, and I mean, even what we would say, slow defenders.
1: Yeah, I know. I think Arsenal needs to add some more blistering pace into the attack. You need, like I always mention, a, a winger that's going to get chock on his boots, who's going to give the... the I mean, you had to give Trent Alexander-Arnold something to think about. And I don't think we gave him something to think about. And and that kind of, you know, uh, uh, gives Liverpool initiative in the game because that's their game. You need to kind of suffocate them by, you know, getting a winger that's going to run and run at them. But we just don't have that in the team at the moment. And and, and you surely miss that in the team. And it allows a team like Liverpool to dominate you and play with more freedom.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's why I also had my eye, you know, if we come the summertime, of maybe going for somebody like, uh, like Neto of, of of Wolves, where you have somebody that's going to, you know, really drive at people, where, you know, people are... It's not like you you, you uh, back off him at your own risk, because you know he's going to cause damage, whether he's going to go outside you or he's going to cut inside you.
1: Yeah, Arsenal just have a big problem that needed testing, and you've seen how Liverpool have done it? time-in time-out at the moment. They buy from within the Premier League. They get a the player who, who knows the Premier League. We've seen with Jota as well. I mean, Mane, they did the same thing. Van Dijk, they've done the same thing. Even getting a guy like you know, back in the day, it's, they, they buy within the Premier League. And the player doesn't need to eat, they eat the guy running because they're just moving to a strong club. And... They can just play to this thing. They don't have to worry about, you know, a bit of weak links like if you play for the lesser club. So, Arsenal can learn a lesson or two from this. And, you know, hopefully we can in the summer.
0: Yeah, then the 41st month, like, you know, a real downer for most Gooners. and again ends up getting the dick after a collision with James Mulder. Later on, then, they found out, you know, he's got some knee damage and he had to be subbed by, the, by off time with Cedric coming on. And I mean, for me... Even though we were playing poorly the first half, I think it was very I mean, just here and there. It was almost like keeping us somehow in the game still. So, I mean, alterations could have been made now, said after, but I think that kind of also through the spanner in the works. And, I mean, like, come second half, instead of attacking, because I really thought, you know, when when and I had an opportunity to talk to them half-time, um, we were going to see <clears throat> a more adventurous type of Arsenal. But, I mean, we ended up just sitting even deeper than we were in the first half. And I mean, the more Liverpool sense this, the drive-forward intensified so much, <clears throat> you actually knew things were coming.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Liverpool really came, like we would say, limped to the end of the first half. But, you know, came out second of Reading to go. And it's almost like Arsenal didn't have any team talk at all because oh, it it, it, was, it was actually quite a nightmare.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the eight-minute came on for a very poor several years. Because I already thought they would, you know, kind of get some sort of stability in midfield. Because I mean, that's where we were almost like just emerging position constantly. Then, since the first minute, Klopp then brings on Diego Jota for Andy Robertson. And I mean, right then, then when you saw that sub being made, you knew already what Klopp was not playing at because he was a his he's left back to, you know, even have a a harder pop at Arsenal. And I mean, it, four minutes later, uh, the arnold ends up a almost like a real money shot cross. And I mean, the ball ends up kind of misjudged by holding again. Ala a la uh, Man City when he, uh, you know, misread the flight of the ball and it drop behind him for City to score. He does it again, and this time, Jota pops up, you know, a sh- way shorter, almost like half a head shorter than him, and, you know, nods in, one level. Liverpool.
1: Yeah, and I, I think... Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of the time when Arsenal go one nil down, you you feel that there's there's some sort of hope in the game, and you know T N E actually is to him has been a lot of the time that lifeline in games for Arsenal, the way he gets around the back of a of the uh, opposition uh, wing back. But uh, you just felt a bit quite a miserable after that goal went yeah. in, following it as well. Gabriel and Holding, it seems like the two of them do not play well as a partnership. If you split them up with Louise or Marie, it seems they, they with them calmer head, it seems they both do a better job, but together, they just seem like they're in disarray. Yeah,
0: and then four minutes later, almost like, this is almost like a trend when we play Liverpool by now. Uh, Fabinho ends up hitting a long ball, Gabriel must touch the flight of the ball. The ball then, of course, supposed to the one you really don't want to get the ball, <laughs> and Salah gets the ball.
1: And I mean he ends up like offsetting sitting uh lean on his so haunts and Prince the both through his legs two 0 level. Yeah, that's quite an embarrassing finish the way um, the, the the way um, Salah just slotted it through the legs like it, it, uh, <laughs> he he lost for words sometimes with that Arsenal team, you know, one moment they um put putting teams aside, the next they lumping against the opposition. So uh, it was not a pretty sight, 2-0 down at home. After looking so strong and thinking, you know, could there be a top four push? Liverpool don't seem the best of form. And now you're 2-0 down against the side.
0: But I mean, didn't we also have like a kind of inkling that Liverpool probably hits hit their real form?
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, they had their losses against Fulham. They had their losses against, I almost mean, like just about everybody in the league. Come up against us and boom, they get their form again. So, you know, 74th minute, Leno is making the same from Salah Dink. Uh, the 77th minute, way too late. Actually, ends up bringing on Martinelli for Aubameyang. Wow. Again, a toothless performance by the captain. And I mean, I'm really shocked at. at yeah, I mean, look, there weren't many uh, no players to really say they were standout players. But I mean, when when you look at, at say, his performance, Aubameyang, and then I mean, the way people, um, this is also like for, like you probably have a lot of Arsenal fans. There's like a big hype over. Thomas and I mean, I, I, I watch him in bits and bobs and that. But I didn't know. I, I thought now he's this sort of, uh, like you know, like a mythical guy, you know, that, 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 almost like a hero that's going to come save the day for us. And I watch him. He can't passes together. He's shooting like a rugby player. <laughs> what, what what also annoys me is you've got this guy that, that you know, You know, like we, I think we all also, I think the team also sometimes look at him to think, okay, can you bail us out here? And you watch him, and it's like he gets, you know, when you have that sort of hype that that Julia Baptista had when he was at at, at Sevilla and then he went to Madrid and all the the beast thing. And you watch him in the Premier League and he's like a pussycat because you don't see any, you know, that that Dolph Rose's attitude that he had now in Spain. And I don't know, more and more, the more I watch him. I've
1: got that sort of feeling with, with, with Thomas party. I don't know. I think he just hasn't you know, had a good string of games together with him. I know he's been a bit frustrating at times. But I also think that that, that midfield partnership he has, there's not a stable one at the moment. I mean, you look every week, it's almost a new partnership, partner with him in the middle of the park. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. He hasn't you know taken the Premier League by storm. But uh, do you think maybe he needs a bit more time to settle in or do you think that for the price we paid for him that he should be eating the ground running immediately? Or do you think that's the problem with Arsenal's players at the moment? It's like we've been spending these high fees on players and they're coming in really all the time with, you know, kind of feeble performances.
0: How many players did we see that are valued, say, less than that in the league and they are performing triple or four times? Like you know the sort of form that you see, start say by party or start by Obama or, or, like even when you look at it, sometimes Lacazette's control. I mean yeah he does all the ball in it, but when you when almost like you you put all the chips on, on somebody say like Lacazette as well, then it, you know you almost gonna like end up just losing your money there because you don't see anything there and also with 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 Pepper he comes in the sub, does something good, and then you think, okay, now he has to be in the in the next league squad, and then and he gets the opportunity to start, and then you still see this like a uh, flat, flat performance from him also.
1: And uh, at the moment, you can't even blame our anymore because he is kind of be has his game plan. It it, it does work, but it, the players. For me, it's just not good enough. And I think actually you need to do overall and players, some of the guys. I mean, Amiang just looks finished. And I've been kind of one of the people sticking up for him because he's done the business for us over the past, you know, three and a half years, maybe. But I do think, or three years, but I just do think that, you know, it's, I think it could be time for for change in guard.
0: Because I mean, look, that, that does lead me eventually later on in the podcast to. The, you know, the talking points about the squad and Arteta, etc. But I mean, you know, back to the game. 78 minutes, Salah then finds Mane, who miscontrols the ball. And I mean, I think the ball, when it ends up spilling out from the miscontrol, Jota ends up coming through almost like out of nowhere, and he just slams the ball past. 3-0 <laughs> Liverpool.
1: Game, sit matches, they say. 3-0 eh? against and, a struggling and, Liverpool side.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even like, was it, 93rd minute and 94th minute, uh, Mane ends up dragging a shot wide and Mane also had a shot saved, you know, a good save by Leno. So it could have been, been way worse in the last five minutes of the game.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, you, but at the end of the day, you know, as an Arsenal fan, you looked at that game and were like, you know, it's not the important one. We have better business, bigger fish to for on Thursday, which you know leads to the Slavia Prague game. And you're thinking, okay, you know, I'll take a loss there if we can do the business, you know, at home on
2: Thursday.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we switch our attention then to the Arsenal Slavia Prague game. After the shopping shopping leaf, league form, uh, most corners were looking at this to almost like bring some some sort of posit- positivity back to the squad, because I mean it was now lacking. Um, you know, Arteta went with the lineup. Leno, Bellerin holding Gabriel, Cedric in defense. Then Party, Xhaka, you know, shielding the defense. Then Saka, Smithrow, and William, you know, in the mid, attacking mature roles. And then Lacazette lead, leading the line. Um, the game starts, and I mean, also again, really scrappy. Both teams, you know, struggling to get a few passes uh, strung together. Because, I mean, it, it, it looked, I mean, There were points in the game as we were going on in the first five, ten minutes. I mean, I was, like, thinking I was watching my youngest playing that that, that junior league football because (laughs) everybody were, like, you know, taking the ball on. Like, almost like even our most skillful players were taking the ball on. And the ball would bobble, like, two or three feet away from them and they have to give chase. And I'm thinking, like, you know, between the defeat on on the Saturday against Liverpool, yeah, like, I mean then probably the, the one day is like an off day and then the rest of the days is preparation for the, the Europa League game. And you think to yourself, what were they doing in those, you know, three, four days? Because, I mean, uh, that Lucas, uh, I see what, ProVet, he ends up firing over after 15 minutes. Uh, Gabriel, of course, brings us kind of back in the game with a header, but which kind of just bounces over. And I mean, Laka then drags the ball wide. And I mean, uh, it was like, you know, up to then, we were heading to the 30-minute mark. So woeful from most of our taking players. And, you know, of course, Saka gets, uh, you know, sent free down the wing. Uh, he ends up, you know, I, I really thought to myself, he's going to kind of set the keeper up. And then just shift the ball past. And, I mean, he ends up dragging the ball. No little King to get the ball to turn back in at the far post. And he just, I mean, for me, a real bad, bad miss. I mean, yeah, look, I know he's still young and that, but, I mean, it comes to a, a point where, you need to be a bit more
1: cutthroat with the way you do your stuff. No, especially if you want to be a world-beater, you know, a one-on-one like that in, in, in the magnitude of this game, Saka so should be slotting that easily into the far corner, just, you know, caressing it in. I think you should be working on that type of finishing because, you know, if you play on the right-hand side, you're going to get chances like that and other actually a chance I was going to bring up and, you know, like I said, really seemed to, to, to be struggling as well because Saka had, you know, Got Blanche on the the right hand side of the of the pitch, and he was getting you know down the flanks and, and trying to play Lacazette in. But you know you the guy furthest forward was always late in arriving to the box or yeah. nowhere to be found.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, uh, come second off, uh, you know Saka ends up bursting through quite early uh, after the restart. He ends up getting clipped by uh, Claude Zima, a free just outside of the box. Uh, William then steps up. He's uh, free kick ends up curling and hitting the post, outside of the post. Uh, but, I mean, I don't okay think it's another start of <coughs> something positive. But then, uh, just a few minutes later, Arsenal get caught out, <coughs> excuse me, uh, with a left-back, uh, Jan, uh, uh, was it Boreal? He ends up thumping an effort. And, I mean, it's kind of going wide. And, I mean, uh, with Bellerin coming to charge the ball down, at the end, it
2: was like deflecting
1: the ball, Goldberg, and Leno has to then pull out to say or deny uh, Prague a Well, I mean, Leno, you know, in you know, one moment you upset him, but the next you have to just look at him and say thank you, because so many times if it wasn't for him, we, we wouldn't have been where we are. Like, you know, the man the, he keeps us into the game, it's that's unbelievable. And for me, Slavia also, you know, weren't the best. Playing the best game. I mean, they, they looked like they were struggling. They looked very abject, um, and they also were missing three regular centre backs as well. So the fact that Arsenal didn't take the chances as yet, you know, you were getting a bit worried and just hoping that we would convert something. And I mean, for me, the lineup was very conservative
0: as well. Yeah. So 62nd one, that it did breaks from the halfway line with a clear run at the uh, Slavia goal. And I was now thinking, okay, <laughs> the more he's like getting close to the box, I'm thinking. Now you get the ice school finish to sort us out, and then he ends up, yeah. up for a curler to the top bins. And I mean, I'm thinking to myself, of all the finishes that you to do, <laughs> as an Arsenal fan, you go for that sort of finish, and I mean, it ends up clipping the bar and then bouncing away to safety. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, it just infuriated me even more with what was already a stressful game to watch.
1: Yeah, because I mean, Slavia Prague have shown that. You know, there are no slouches and the chances we were getting, those chance after chance after chance. It was kind of giving me almost that Olympiacos of last season, you know, when we we you know, weren't taking our chances and just waiting to get punished. And I think, you know, the substitutes did bring some more life into the game. And that uh, that allowed us, you know, Fabien was actually starting to pass a bit more. Pepe was starting to, you know, get some choke on his boots and he was outpacing the defenders.
0: Yeah, when they came on there was like more urgency in the game. Uh eighty-six minute Aubameyang then ends up sending Pepe through at a goal. Pepe of course outsprints the last man. I think that even though they lost, last if you know going to like hang on to him or just lean into him. But when Pepe kept his cool, what the keeper came sliding out and just dinged the ball over one or Arsenal.
1: Yeah, what 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 the goal? what to finish, and you're thinking to yourself, um this could be at you know, Arsenal amazing opportunity now to go into the next leg, you know, one 0 up and it just shows what you can do when you add a bit of face to the team. I mean Martinelli, you know, co- coming on for William was actually a fresh pressure, breath of air because I mean William isn't a guy to to take on defensively. Martinelli was. So that had to happen much sooner. But, you know, <laughs> one 0 to the Arsenal and you're thinking, close out the game. Thank you very much. We'll take the, the game to to, to, to Prague.
0: So at the minute, Arteta ends up taking Smith-Rowe off, bringing on Tammy Sebojos. And, you know, the, when the sub got made, you just started seeing a more, I don't know, a, a sort of getting reckless, as reckless as it got in. That, you know, when you and I were talking about the Tottenham game a while back, where we yes. said you you not the game for 80 minutes and then all of a sudden you just start, you know, going to sort of panic stations. And I mean, <clears throat> first, uh, I think uh, as they are doing like a high press prank Cedric gets the ball and I'm thinking to myself, I'll just hit the ball downfield that's all you need to do and I mean I-, I saw now a lot of people giving say Gabriel now flag with, uh, with the game now last night and I mean Cedric ends up passing the ball to-, to Gabriel and it's two guys closing in on him already and I mean Gabriel tries to make a and downfield but I mean it gets charged down and I think it flicks off like double deflection where it ends up flicking Gabriel and it bounces out for a corner and then yeah. the, the corner gets taken and I mean where I was really shocked was just the way this was set up I mean as a professional outfit and you watch that sort of defending because the ball ends up coming over nobody's really attacking the ball right I think Pepe is jumping but uh, also to nowhere because he, he's really trying to attack the ball and head out Rob Holding is standing at ball watching as the <laughs> ball drops again over as was like Ground up day with him again. And, of course, Cedric is too slow at the back post. Misses the whole, you know, the, the, the runner coming in from the back. And then, I mean, Thomas always ends up darting in and bulleting the ball um, on 1-1. One.
1: Oh, you could see Arteta's reaction after that goal. He was, you know, basically so pissed off. And, you know, I, I know sometimes you blame the manager and you will get into it. But, I mean, come on, guys use some sort of logic there, get the ball out the box, don't dally-dally, just see how the result is, literally seconds remaining, this is probably the game for Arsenal, and, you know, you know, 1-1 to Arsenal, and a big concern for me, I don't know how you feel about this, but we've really been battling in the Europa League, the group stages, when you're coming up against so-called bigger sides, yes, we've gotten through, Benfica we scraped through, Olympia, because it was hot in mouth moments for us, and then you look at, as well now, against Slavia Prague, I mean, who says we'll make it through to the next round, but you know, way too from here.
0: I mean, uh, this uh, is infuri- infuriating as what I think you mentioned a while back at the time with uh, Una Emery where you said, look, if you having to always have to make these changes to get some sort of effective why don't you get the plan right in the first place? And it's it's like it's a it's like it's like a constant cycle where just you see this. like at times it is pure shit because for a team of Arsenal stature to see, and I mean I know sometimes some people say, "Oh yeah, you're entitled or whatever," as as Arsenal fans. But I mean, if you know, if you want to be kept in high regard, the same way United goes their ups and downs, but I mean they still try to keep some sort of standard. Uh, you, with us, it's like. These players don't play for the badge, really, because, you know, when you, when you... I think I... I uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week or something like that, or a few weeks ago, but it's like when you look at, say, somebody like Kevin De Bruyne or, or that Mo Salah, you're watching players that are pushing to get everything that they, <clears throat> they possibly, can as, possibly can as a footballer, whether it's trophies or personal awards, like, you know, top goal scorer or player of the season. With us, it's almost like who wears the fanciest clothes, the most exotic clothing, or drives the flashy cars. And right there for me is already one part of the problem. I mean, it's a big problem. But I mean that's for me the one key thing to the problem because you look at any of the other teams when the, the, those that are now say pushing for a title, pushing in whichever sort of tournament, they have players that want to, you know, that are wanting to roll the sleeves up as fancy. And as skillful, or whatever as they are, but they want to do it. All the sleeves up. They fight for the team. They fight for the honor of the club.
1: Yeah, you don't see, you know, people making fuss. You know, be, uh, about Mo Salah's car, um, Mane's car, you know, Aguero's car. That these guys don't, you know, do these flashy type of things. And you look at Man City as well at the moment. You know, you you you, you go back to the start of the season. They they looked far cry from the, the Man City that you know, people feared. They had no Sergio Aguero. I mean, he's even going to be on his way out. It just shows how Man City are very proactive in the way they do things. And, and look at Arsenal. It's like, we're looking around and who's going to save us? I mean, Bobby Young has been doing it for a few seasons, but nothing's happening from him this season. I mean, you can't depend on him to win a final for you this season. And like I said, you know... He's good, but when it comes to those crunch moments as well at the moment, it seems like he also just chokes up a bit. So, you're looking at now um Sakka, um, bending only hopes on Saka at the moment. who You know, he's still very young and you can see he still lacks experience in that cool head in front of goal. Yeah.
0: So, we should attention now to Sheffield United versus Arsenal. 20th versus 10th. I mean, I'm not going to go too heavy into it like I usually would, but I mean, it's like a burning train smash for obviously both clubs because yeah, true. United with four wins after I think uh, I forgot how what's the total of games I 32 games th- th-
1: th- Yeah so you two? I think it's there was 30, maybe, isn't there 8 games remaining if I'm not mistaken yeah,
0: 30, and then I'm in 14 points for them and then I'm in Arsenal with uh, 12 defeats and a, a plus 5 goal difference which is so <sighs> embarrassing when you look at I'd say what Man City, Liverpool and them all have up in the
1: upper levels of the table. So, you know, less said about the numbers, the better. But I mean, what's your take on the game? You know, this type of game where, I don't know if you can explain it. almost like, a, I wouldn't say a true, but you just kind of a formality to watch the game and get through it. Because, you know, there's no outcome. You know, whether Arsenal win, lose or draw, there's going to be no real, um, what's the word? You know, there's... If we win four 0 we lose three 0 you know, how's it gonna impact our form in the Premier League? It's more case of just get through there, don't get any injuries and focus on Thursday actually against Slavia Prague with the way leg. That for me is the the holy grail actually, not the, the fixture versus you know, Sheffield United. Just go out there, you know, maybe get some momentum back somehow. You know, maybe we can get two three goals and, and keep your heads up because Arsenal really need to practice the finishing.
0: But for me, it, it feels very much like, you know, the, the the December month, the early December month, all over, you know, the late November, early uh, December, because it's like nothing is going right for us. I mean, all of a sudden, everybody, like, fancies the chances now against us. There's no fear. Yeah,
1: yeah and I think Slavia Prague, you know, kind of maybe moving away slightly from Schiffen United since the second leg is is next week. Um you, you got to wonder now how do Arsenal pick themselves up in, in such a, probably Arteta's most important game now as a as an Arsenal manager. You know, there's no excuses anymore. There's there's nothing, you know, all the players need to come out now and actually show their grit and, you know, learn from their mistakes.
0: Yeah. So, uh, we're going to round off now just with uh, some talking points. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts around Arteta Reign feeling? Like, I mean, my, oh, my personal feeling is like, it's a bit like the end of, of a and an every year type of feel to it because you know, when I mean, the players, I just don't want to do what you know the coaches wanting them to do. And I mean, look, like I said, they may have been open about it where they say some players are not, you know, following the orders or following such as the coach has given. And I mean, for me, right there and then already should be a big concern also for the club owners or, or the board mm-hmm. because you can't have. You know, if somebody has an, a simple instruction for the team and they can't even uh, react to it or actually put it in, into process, uh, 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 it really pisses me off because, look, of course, all the flack is going to come on Arteta and I'm I'm, I'm one way. how can I say, I could also be like, say, uh, no, Arteta uh, out bandwagon, but I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, you can't also give him the benefit of the doubt if you still have that same... Troublemakers, the same problems are there because, yes, we change it to the coach, and then I mean, you're still going to have the same players having the same problem. Maybe they have that three month burst where they want to, you know, play their heart out with a new guy or the new coach, and then you're going to be back to square one and we're back, be right here, the same thing where we get our season with 12 defeats and and, and a plus five goal difference. And I mean, out of every, just about everything, because I I just think it's going to come to a point, and I think I told my wife as well, where. We need to start getting players, you know, they're want to be on... You know, everybody's on board with, say, what Arteta's project is. Because for me, it's like Klopp or, or, or Pep or even Jose or Ole, they will not take this sort of carrot from their players. Honestly, I, and I think, you know, as, a, as tough of, uh, of a shell, Arteta tries to put, uh, bring out into about himself or his personality in the media. I think he allows too much also to go on because... I think, with, with, especially with these players, and I think you mentioned about almost like roughly a year ago, where you said you need a coach that's going to come in almost like, you know, with a stick.
2: yeah, and,
0: You know, really drive the, the point out. Because I just think they honestly not taking you seriously. They can't even put a simple game plan or approach. Because, you know, you as a coach can instruct your team to do this, that, and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, at the end of the day, you need those 11 on the pitch to sort themselves out on the pitch and win the game for you on the pitch. You know, they can't always just be, you know, glancing over to you and you telling them what to do. They need to start thinking for themselves and nothing. That's the sort of player we need to start getting. that can do their thinking on their own, they can actually turn the game on their own.
1: No, 100%. I think, you know, you asked me what's my take on it uh, at the moment. You know, I, th- I think he has the right plans in place. Um, it's just the players aren't executing it. I mean, you can see the the defensive structure at the moment of Arsenal has much better. They All the decent defensive line. It just comes down to the execution. And I think, I mean, that's why Arteta has to probably shout for 90 minutes, kind of telling each player what to do, because it just seems that they don't, furthermore, further than the instruction, they just don't have that initiative that, that or, or, or you need as 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 a top club to have initiative, you know, follow the game plan, but there are times you need to change it up slightly just to kind of get the upper hand in the game or you know, maybe don't defend too deep all the time, you know, come out a bit, but I think like Arteta at the moment there are some players that he needs to kind of weed out, I mean, you, you, you've seen Arsenal g- games that they've lost or thrown it it's not because of a lack of you know, good playing well. I mean, Burnley, for example, how many chances did we need there? Wolves as well, how many chances do we need there? We lost to Aston Villa, Cedric passed the ball to Gabriel, it was a, you know, it, it was a silly hospital pass, as they call it. So, you, you, you look at it and you look at the players at the team, I mean, if you give Arsenal any coach at the moment with these couple of players, we you know, probably end up with the same result. So, yeah. you know, my take on Tete t- t- at the moment is give him till the end of the season, see where we end up. And, you know, if the season doesn't end well, um, you know, if the season doesn't start well next week, I mean, next season, then, you know, we, we kind of have to kind of look for a replacement. Who could replace him? You know, maybe bringing a guy like Brendan Rogers probably. But I don't know who else is on the market at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough call. So, with
1: that, we're the podcast. We hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Take care, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys. And, you know, hopefully we can get the three points. And, you know, more importantly, overturn that away goal that Slavia Prague got against us.